2: the GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the December eighteenth, two 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a podcast. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at amixta, and my co-host is Blair Andrews. You can follow at am I the real Blair? Blair, how's it going?
3: It's going all right. Um, kind of a lot of injuries this week to sort through. Didn't really help me that much in DFS, although it looks like I'm gonna just pull out a win in my sort of my favorite dynasty league and move on to the finals. So there's one one good thing about this week.
1: Nice. Yeah, I uh, I took this week off from DFS. So I could focus on the season long, and uh, I'm sweating. I got, you know, one loss already in two semifinals, and I lost AB in another one, which we'll talk about later. So uh, I got a big sweat. I'm trying to fade Dez and Mike Evans, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, helping us today to break everything down is Court Smith. Court is a writer and editor for us here at roto You can find him on Twitter at CourtNall. Uh, Court, thanks for coming on, man. How is
4: everything? It's been a rough day. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm in uh, a bit of pain. I mean, uh, you think you'd get used to it after all these years of, uh, of playoff pain, wouldn't you? But uh, it seems to hurt just as much every single year. So, uh, yeah, kind of a perfect storm today, wasn't it? I mean, I had uh, one semifinal league. With just an absolute stacked team of uh, Brown and Hopkins and uh, Kamara. Rex Burkhead, I had in that league as well. And uh, obviously, Brown and uh, Rex went down. Uh, And uh, yeah, that's probably going to cost me that game in a a league where I absolutely dominated. So uh, a little down, trying to keep my head up today. But, uh, you know, just kind of a reminder of how much, uh, you know, how fine the line is in season long. If we have any kind of edge, it's a pretty small one, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. It's insane. I mean, it's just like you just it takes so long for you to see like the payoff and so many different yeah. things can happen. It's its really quite
4: crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, another painful one I'm playing in my home league, I missed the playoffs and then we uh, we kind of play a loser pool and the loser of the loser pool has to buy. I, uh, a keg of beer for the the draft party the next year, so I'm uh, I'm still very much alive for that again. I had uh, Rex Burkhead in that one, so that injury kind of killed me. And then, uh, so yeah, I'm 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 in contention for the keg, which I've never bought in 17 years. So <laughs> it'd be nice if I could avoid that. So that's a big sweat for me today as well. I need Witten tonight for that. I need a whole lot of Witten tonight.
1: All right, well, let's get some Witten for you. Yeah, and let's get right to the first <laughs> item of the night, which is uh, Keenan Allen. He was carted to the locker room with a back injury in uh, Saturday night's loss to the Chiefs. Uh, Court, if Allen is forced to miss championship weekend, are you looking to get any other Charger weapons into your lineups? And if so, who are you looking at?
4: Yeah, I was actually surprised by that. I kind of uh, I turned off my TV and discussed uh, at the end of that game last night. And then I went to bed early and I woke up to see that. And uh, I didn't even realize that it happened. So that was kind of a surprise. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I really like Tyrell Williams. I, uh, I had him in some season long and I still had him in some dynasty last year. Uh, and he was really good. I, I have no problems trusting him at all. Um, I just looked up the uh, the game splits on him with and without uh, Keenan Allen. And they're pretty dramatic, actually. Uh, so 14 games uh, with Keenan Allen and 15 games without for Tyrell Williams uh so in the in games where uh allen is out uh ppr points is 8 with and 13.8 without uh 2.4 receptions per game with 4.4 without uh tds is a game double the rate uh targets is almost double the rate 4.0 to 7.6 so, yeah, absolutely. I think the Chargers are are going to be slinging it. They're in must-win mode. And uh, I don't think Tyrell Williams quite has the ceiling that uh, Keenan uh, Allen does, obviously. But uh, I would feel just com- comfortable absolutely plugging him in. I think he's going to be good for eight or ten targets for sure. And uh, I don't mind putting him in at all. Uh, Melvin Gordon should get a bit of a bump, I think, too. He looked pretty good in space last night. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel good about plugging Tyrell Williams in uh, for sure if, if Keenan Allen is out. Do you guys trust him?
3: Yeah, I trust Tyrell for sure. I mean, last year over a thousand yards, almost all without Keenan Allen. So um I think, you know, with him getting that volume, that's definitely uh somebody I would trust putting in a lineup. Um Melvin Gordon is yeah, the other name that I think I would probably look to um definitely get in lineups. Uh Austin Eckler also broke his hand if I'm right if I'm remembering. Right. Right. So uh yep. so Gordon should get a nice bump in Volume from sort of two directions. So, uh, yeah, those are the two guys I'm definitely looking at. Um, and I think I think you can trust both of them. So, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is Mike Williams? He hasn't been doing much lately. Is he even healthy right now, Mike Williams?
1: I mean, Mike Williams is a myth as far as I'm concerned. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're
4: not you're not plugging him into your season long lineups. So he might be worth a DFS ponte.
1: Yeah, perhaps. I uh, I also wanted to throw a Hunter Henry into the ring here because right. I think he's kind of been picking it up of late, anyway, and now uh, probably his primary competition for targets and in, in you know his area of strength on the field is gone, potentially. And if that happens, I feel like Hunter gets a, a really big uptick
4: in usage. Right. Yeah, because he uh, Keenan Allen, he was playing out of the slot quite a bit, wasn't he?
3: Yeah. yeah. Any interest in Travis Benjamin, four targets today?
4: Uh probably not I don't think I'm plugging him in unless I really need an upside guy but um, how bad was his play on the uh, it was a what a third and eight something like that and they passed it just a yard short near the end of the game there and he, he tried to get it outside rather than just going north-south for getting one yard uh, that was a pretty huge play I thought I mean not 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 anything to do with fantasy, really, but uh, I watched that play and I was just, I uh, couldn't believe what I was watching. He's, he's trying to get outside there, trying to break a big run rather than just get the first down. But um, yeah, you would see a, 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 few, a bit of a bump in targets. I don't know if I'd trust him in, in a season long uh, final, though. <laughs>
3: yeah, right. All right, moving on to item number two. Nick Foles completed 24 of 38 passes for 237 yards and four touchdowns in the Eagles' week 15 win over the Giants we recommended Foles as a streamer last week and he paid off in week 15. So are we keeping it rolling against Oakland in championship week?
4: Sure. Why not? I think Oakland is sort of middle of the pack, eh? Sort of around 10 to 15 for points against, uh, for, for quarterbacks. I mean, Nick Foles is a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, he kind of had that one crazy year under, under Chip Kelly and then kind of a couple of middling years, but you know he's a pretty good backup and they've got a lot of weapons they've got a good offensive line they've got a good run game i don't know if you can count on four touchdowns a week obviously but at home against oakland um you know i'd be i'd be absolutely fine with streaming him for sure
1: yeah i mean i don't know if you guys know this but the last time that nick foles played the raiders he had seven touchdown passes so wow <laughs> giddy, giddy up right i mean that
4: wow was that with chip kelly
1: yeah 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 that was okay that was during the magical run but There you
4: go.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I think that uh, Foles doing this against the Giants, I mean, I, the 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 biggest thing for me wasn't even necessarily the four touchdowns. It was just how much they were willing to let him throw, and it, it really didn't seem like they changed the offense at all without Carson Wentz, which right. uh, I think was probably a bit of a concern for me going into the game, just because I didn't know if Foles would have been able to maintain that third down conversion rate that Wentz had going, but he was able to do so, and he was able to be successful. And I, I feel like if they're going to keep running the offense this way, Foles has. There's really no reason why he can't have another multi-touchdown game in Week 16.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, Doug Peterson is is sort of maybe earned a bit of the benefit of the doubt as a play caller, hasn't he? To to be able to uh, just kind of keep things going and and uh, play to his guy's strength. Uh, I think that um, you know he's a guy that I probably give the benefit of the doubt to.
3: Does seeing Nick Foles perform well uh, in this offense make you kind of question what Wentz was doing, Uh, you know, sort of uh, discount his production earlier in the season?
1: Well, I just think good coaching is always going to be a really big factor on offense, calling the right plays, the right time, and a good scheme. I mean, I think that their scheme overall is really, really impressive. But, I mean, what Wentz has been doing is still incredible. He's still been able to extend a lot of plays. He's still... Made a lot of things with, happen with his legs that like someone like Foles just, just can't do. Uh, certainly, a, a good system is going to be productive with a variety of different quarterbacks, but I still think that Wentz is has been impressive and you know
4: yeah. arrow up. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I certainly don't take anything away from Wentz after watching today. I mean, uh, first of all, it's one game, um, so who knows really what we're going to see going forward. And second of all, it's the Giants, right? So I mean, they've been. <laughs> You know, they've been getting gashed all year long. So um, I'm not going to put a whole bunch of stock into that and say, you know, they're equal quarterbacks by any means. But uh, I think Wentz has been pretty amazing for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, not just passing, but he's just been amazing on third downs, running the ball. Uh, So I I don't take anything away from Wentz that. But, you know, I think that um, I think the Foles is not a huge drop off for sure. I mean, with some of the big injuries we've seen with quarterback this year, the drop off has been massive. Uh, you know, to the point where it's crazy that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. I think that I said this in Slack chat this week. I mean, I think that Foles is probably one of the few quarterbacks where you could put him in and say, okay, you know, maybe that's a case for for not having Colin Kaepernick in there. You know, he's he's a pretty decent quarterback. He, I don't think it's a huge drop off there, but not taking anything away from Wentz at all.
1: All right, well, let's get right into No Shit, Shit, No. And we'll start with Melvin Gordon, who carried the ball 19 times for 78 yards and a touchdown and caught six of eight targets for 91 yards in the Chargers' Week 15 loss to the Chiefs.
4: Yeah, that's an easy no shit for me. I mean, he's had the volume kind of all year long uh austin eckler has been eating into him a little bit over the last couple of months and now uh, as we mentioned earlier eckler out with a broken hand uh chargers in a must win situation so yeah i think the volume is going to be there for sure and that's all we're ever really looking for from melvin gordon isn't it we're not uh, we're not you know looking for big plays or efficiency or anything like that we're just looking for volume and uh he's been getting it anyway and now he's pretty much the last man standing there uh so what he had 19 rushes and eight targets uh i think that's almost kind of a baseline isn't it for next week so i think he's easily looking at uh, 25 to 30 touches in that game so that's an easy no shit for me
3: Kareem Hunt rushed 24 times for 155 yards and a touchdown and caught seven of nine targets for 51 yards and an additional score in the Chiefs' Week 15 win over the Chargers.
4: Yeah, another no shit. I think uh, Andy Reid is starting to come back around again and and realizing where his bread is buttered. Uh, Let's see, last five weeks here, rushing totals for Kareem Hunt, 18 carries, 11 carries, 9 carries. And then the last two weeks, 25 carries and 24. So a huge jump. Uh, and I think we're we're really seeing that in, you know, it's been a big part of sparking the Chiefs kind of turnaround, hasn't it? I mean, really just committing to, to feeding Hunt the ball. I think we're seeing that now. I think uh, the Chiefs can kind of see the light. They can see a playoff spot. Uh, they're just going to keep handing it to their best player. So I see easy, another uh, – 20 25 rushes and uh, I think that uh, I think that I'm buying him for sure and, and I mean nine targets that's that's just kind of a bonus I, I think just the the rushing alone is is something to get excited about and then if they're passing it to him you know five or eight times a game that's uh, that's league winning stuff right there for sure.
1: Kendall Wright caught seven of thirteen targets for 81 yards in Saturday's Week 15 loss to the Lions.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna go shit no on that one. I mean just so hard to trust the bears he certainly picked it up i think he's had uh he was what 99 yards last week and then 81 yards this week uh so a bit of a bump there but i mean the bears are just so conservative that it's hard to really count on on those kind of targets week to week uh that said i mean i don't know i think we're maybe seeing a bit of a jump from trubisky here I do like him a lot long-term. But, yeah, I'm not trusting Kendall Wright in in season long at all, especially if I'm in a championship game. Uh, He feels like kind of a desperation sort of wide receiver four, wide receiver five play, doesn't he? So, yeah, it's a shit no for me.
3: AJ Green managed two catches for 30 yards on four targets in the Bengals' Week 15 loss to the Vikings.
4: Yeah, another shit no. I mean, we knew he had some tough matchups uh coming into the playoffs and he hasn't really been able to, able to overcome that um so i'm going to say no shit but i mean it, it sort of looks like the bengal's have really quit hasn't it i mean i put a pretty good bet against the bengal's this morning in when i saw that marvin lewis uh was made the decision to to walk off after the season just thinking that the bengal's were you know gonna quit now basically and it sort of looks like that's what happened i mean they got smoked by the bears last week they got smoked this week so i mean the game script might be there for aj green and you're not sitting him certainly uh but uh you know uh, i think his is his ceiling is certainly a bit limited this week so i'm starting him so it's a no shit for me in terms of or sorry a shit no for me in, in terms of this week's performance you know I don't think he's going to be limited to two catches for 30 yards or anything close to that again that the Vikings are a pretty awesome secondary um but yeah I'm starting him but you know I'm not uh, I'm not super excited about it
1: Jarvis Landry caught 10 of 13 targets for 99 yards in week 15 against Buffalo
4: Yeah, that's a no shit for me. I mean, we know what Jarvis Landry is at this point. Uh, he's a, he's a 10 for 99 type of guy, isn't he? Uh, that's just what he is. So I don't think that, I don't think that's going to be changing week to week. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about chasing the volume and and Jarvis Landry is that guy and doesn't get enough respect for sure. Uh, but you know, his floor is just so nice that, uh, he's pretty easy to plug in as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type of guy for sure.
3: DeAndre Hopkins caught four of 13 targets for 80 yards and a touchdown in the Texans' week 15 loss to the Jaguars.
4: Yeah, he pretty much did all of that damage on one drive, didn't he? I think he had,
3: uh, outside of that one big drive,
4: uh, he did, uh, just got a a handful of targets or maybe one catch. And, uh, but, you know, I think the Jaguars secondary is pretty special, Uh, you know. I think the Hopkins versus Jalen Ramsey matchup was pretty much as close to best on best that we're going to see this year. Uh, obviously, I think Antonio Brown's the best receiver in football, but Hopkins is a fairly close second. Uh, so that was a matchup I was really looking forward to. He got 13 targets in that game, so that's more what I'm focusing on. I mean, he's still getting... No matter who's behind center, he's getting fed a whole bunch of targets. So that's a pretty easy no shit for me. Uh, you know, Hopkins has been a beast all year long, and uh, with Antonio Brown down now, I mean he's the he's the top guy in the league for sure. So uh, I'm happily plugging him in, and I think uh, I think he's a solid bet for another uh, you know eighty to hundred yards and a touchdown next week for sure.
1: Sean McCoy had twenty carries for fifty yards and a touchdown, and caught four of five passes for forty-six yards and another score in week fifteen against Miami.
4: Yeah. Another, uh, no shit for me. I mean, 25 touches, 24 touches on the week and, uh, Buffalo, what they're in a wild card spot now, aren't they? I mean, (laughs) what an incredible team to follow this year. I'm, I'm pulling for the bills to make it. I'm not a bills fan, but, um, and I sort of think they don't deserve to make it based on what I've watched this year and how they've kind of been coached. But, uh, I love Tyrod Taylor, uh, hard not to love LaShawn McCoy. And, uh, You know, 24 touches. I mean, what else do you want? Uh, You know, he's been a little bit inconsistent this year. He's been getting fed the touches all year. Some games he's efficient, some games he's not. Looks like he's heating up, though, doesn't it? And uh, that's an easy no-shit for me. I I think McCoy is a guy you can definitely trust in the the finals.
3: Christian McCaffrey caught six of seven targets for 73 yards and a touchdown in the Panthers' Week 15 win over the Packers, adding 12 carries for 63 additional yards.
4: Yeah, another no-shit. I mean... The uh the Panthers really have no kind of deep passing game going and Christian McCaffrey looks like their best short target receiver. He and he and Greg Olson anyway. Uh seven targets. I mean, this is sort of what he's been doing all year long. I haven't been um I haven't been keeping right up to date on him throughout the season but I know earlier in the season uh he I believe he set the record for most receiving yards by a rookie running back through eight games eight, eight or nine games something like that and uh we're seeing it again I mean uh, six catches for 73 yards uh the route some of the routes that he's running I mean you know, I, I, I'm far from any kind of expert on receivers, but he certainly looks a lot like a wide receiver. He, he runs some pretty sick routes, and uh, he looks pretty unstoppable. And he's he's a guy that, I mean, in season-long, he should be pretty reliable. He, he should be sort of a back-end uh, RB1, high-end RB2 kind of guy. Um but I love him in Dynasty. I know that uh, our Sean Siegel did a little bit of a write-up uh, about a month ago, re-ranking the top rookie backs, and, and McCaffrey came out on top uh, ahead of uh, Hunt and Fournette and everybody else. So uh, I think there's lots to be excited about there, and uh, I think they're going to, again, feed him a whole bunch of touches, a whole bunch of targets, so another uh, no-shit for me.
1: Jarek McKinnon rushed seven times for 24 yards and caught seven of seven targets for 114 yards in the Vikings' Week 15 win over the Bengals.
4: Yeah, so he gets Green Bay next week, doesn't he? I mean, it's going to be a little bit hard to fade him. Uh, I had uh, you know, my opponent in that Apex Lead ac- League actually sat Jarek McKinnon for uh, Giovanni Bernard, which I thought was an interesting move. Uh, seven targets is hard to ignore, though. Um, but he's been pretty inconsistent. He's a he's a hard guy to trust. He's sort of in big one week and a, and a dud the next. So definitely makes me a little bit nervous. So I'm going to say. I mean, I can't say shit no on him, so I guess it's a no shit. Uh, Seven targets from a running back is uh, not something to ignore at all. In Green Bay, their defenses look terrible. It looks like they're going to cost them a playoff spot. They were awful today, awful last week versus the Browns. Uh, So that alone kind of makes me lean towards McKinnon, so uh, I'll give him a no shit.
3: Elon Cole caught seven of nine targets for 186 yards and a touchdown in the Jaguars Week 15 win over the Texans.
4: Yeah, Marquis Lee is hurt, isn't he? My my boy Marquis Lee, I've been riding him hard all year in my bold predictions in a bunch of leagues. It uh, sounds like a sprained ankle for him, right? So Keenan Cole looks like he's the last man standing there. So, uh, you know, if you need a desperation play in, in week 16 finals, uh, I think that's an easy no shit because there's really no one left there besides him and DD Westbrook. And it uh, looks like Keenan Cole's the man, Keelan Cole.
1: Greg Olson caught nine of 12 targets for 116 yards and a touchdown in the Panthers week 15 win over the Packers.
4: 12 targets. Wow. That's amazing. Um, kind of came out of nowhere. He hasn't really done much. Uh, so I'm going to say a shit no on that. Um, uh, just, uh, it's just hard to trust him. I mean, that's the first good game we've seen from him in, uh, what, since he was injured in week three or four. um, yeah, to count on that again, it makes me a little bit nervous. Again, it's against the Packers. So I'm going to say a shit no for him. I just, I'm just i probably not going to trust him. Obviously, he looks like one of the better options at tight end. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to get 12 targets again. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's a tough one for me, but I'm going to go shit no.
3: Sterling Shepard caught 11 of 16 targets for 139 yards and a touchdown in the Giants' Week 15 loss to the Eagles.
4: Yeah, I'll go shit no on him. I mean, he's the only guy there. Uh, The Eagles' pass defense was brutal today. I mean, some of those plays on some of those big gains, I mean, it was a pretty half-assed effort. Um, So I'm not going to count on them getting that kind of effort from an opposing defense again. So he's a a shit no for me.
1: Randall Cobb caught 7 of 14 targets for 84 yards and a touchdown in the Packers' Week 15 loss to the Panthers.
4: Yeah, um, I guess it depends on Devontae Adams. He, he left this game with an injury, didn't he? And, uh, he has looked to be Aaron Rodgers, well, the Packers favorite target really all year long. Uh, so that is a no shit for me if Adams is out and, and probably a shit no for me. If uh, Adams makes it, I think it's pretty largely dependent. I didn't look up the splits for that on uh, Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, but uh, it seemed to me that uh, watching that game that Devontae Adams was really the focal point of that offense, the passing offense, uh, when he was in there, and then kind of switched to Cobb when he was out. So um, really dependent on on Devontae Adams. But generally, I mean, Randall Cobb's been, you know, not a guy that's you can count on this year at all. So that's a, a shit no for me.
3: Todd uh, Gurley rushed 21 times for 152 yards and three touchdowns in the Rams week 15 win over the Seahawks adding three catches for 28 yards and a fourth touchdown on three targets.
4: Yeah. What's not to like no shit, right? I mean, what a turnaround for the Rams. That was an absolute beatdown this week. And, uh, he got uh, what he got limited to about 50 yards or so in the first meeting with Seattle earlier this year, and then he absolutely destroyed him this week. Uh, that that line looked amazing. I know that uh, Seattle's a little bit banged up, but I'm buying Todd Gurley for sure. That's a pretty easy uh, no shit on him.
1: Marquise Goodwin caught ten of four ten of thirteen passes, sorry, for 114 yards in the 49ers' Week 15 win over the Titans.
4: Yeah, I love Marquis Goodwin. He's been getting absolutely peppered by targets with, uh, from Jimmy Garoppolo. So another easy notion <laughs> for me. I mean, he's been very consistent over the past, uh, well, ever since Jimmy Garoppolo started. He's been decent before that, even getting, you know, five, six targets a game and doing okay. And, and uh, he looked pretty good today. So I think, that's, uh, I think he's a good wide receiver four you can count on, absolutely, just based on volume.
3: Le'Veon Bell rushed 24 times for 117 yards and a touchdown while catching five of six passes for 48 yards in the Steelers' Week 15 loss to the Patriots.
4: Well, it doesn't sound like Antonio Brown's going to be back next week, does it? Uh, So that being said, I mean, Le'Veon Bell becomes the guy in that offense. Uh, Certainly Martavis Bryant looked fine today, and Juju Smith looked okay. Would have been nice if he could finish that touchdown run on that one play, but um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, any volume that uh, Le'Veon Bell has is only going to go up with uh, Antonio Brown out, and yeah, he's going to be a bit more of a focal point, but I don't think it really matters, he's, he's just that good, uh, so absolutely uh, uh, no shit there. Rob Gronkowski
1: hauled in 9 of 13 targets for 168 yards, and the Patriots Week 15 win, controversial win, <laughs> over the Steelers.
4: Yeah, it's going to be another no shit for me, Uh, And this is mostly based on, I I, I don't know what you guys think, but I I think there's almost certainly something wrong with Tom Brady. I mean, he just has looked off on his deep passes the last few weeks. And this is coming off uh, a week where he missed some practice with that Achilles. So I almost sort of wonder if there's something going on there. And uh, I think that helps Gronkowski. Like if they're they're not going to be going deep to Brandon Cooks and he looked like he missed a couple deep passes today – but it wasn't, you know, a lot of high-volume deep passes at all. I really think that the uh, kind of short-to-intermediate game is going to be where you want to look at for the Patriots. uh, 13 targets for Gronkowski. I mean, if if he gets anywhere near double-digit targets, I mean, his average yards is is ridiculous, right? So that's a pretty easy no-shit on Gronkowski.
3: Doug Baldwin caught just one of four targets for six yards in the Seahawks' Week 15 loss to the Rams.
4: Yeah, another no shit. I mean, he's just been a little inconsistent. He has some nice games. Uh, I'm not, you're not going to sit him, but you know, I don't really want to count on him again. The Seattle line is just, is just terrible. It's all kind of Russell Wilson, and if he kind of has an off game, which we saw today, uh, it really hurts everybody in that offense. So uh, that's going to be a no shit in terms of his performance lately, and uh, not a guy I'm, I'm really going to be trusting.
1: Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. Here's how it works. You do a draft that lasts for just one week and there is no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple of minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold hard cash. Drafts start from just $1. So there is a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft just like you would play with your friends in the season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime, search Draft in the App Store, and join a game in minutes, or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whichever you'd like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code RVRADIO. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using the promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit on Draft. Search Draft in the App Store or go to playdraft.com and come play free with promo code RV Radio. Now, let's get into a couple more regular news items to wrap up the show. Item number three tonight Rex Burkhead left the game against the Steelers with a knee injury. He was immediately ruled out. It um, has since been updated that he does not have torn ACL, but his uh, Week 16 status is in question. Court, if you were to miss Championship Weekend, are restarting Deion Lewis and/or James White against Buffalo?
4: I think Deion Lewis is a absolutely phenomenal play. Uh, James White, not so much. I think he's maybe a bit of a gamble. Uh, and he's not really a high upside guy. He's sort of a, you know, a floor guy along the lines of uh, maybe Gio Bernard uh, getting a few receptions here and there. But Dion Lewis, I think, is a phenomenal play. I mean, it's something I talked about all year long in my zero RB column. Um, and the amount of EP, the expected points that the New England backfield generates is. Uh, it, Kind of makes him a no-brainer. It's really a backfield that you have to target. Uh, you know, earlier in the year we were comparing sort of Martin Mack types to Rex head types, Dion Lewis types, and for me it was easy to take the New England backfield just because of those expected points. They just have so much more value. Uh, they run at a at a higher pace. And the other thing, of course, with Lewis is that. Again, like I was talking about with Brady, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to be attacking downfield. I, I do think it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, RB passes, tight end passes, stuff like that. And Dion Lewis can do it all, right? He rushes, he catches the ball. I think uh, if Rex is out, good chance we'll probably see Mike Gillisley active again for the first time in six or seven weeks. Um, so that might dent him a little bit, but uh, I'd be happily start Lewis. I, I would slam him into my lineups without hesitation. James White, uh, probably not as much. He really didn't do much uh, against uh, the Steelers today, even after Rex Burkhead was out, um, so I'm not really trusting him at all. What, what do you guys think?
3: Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, Dion Lewis definitely looks like the best option to sort of replace what, what Burkhead gives them. I guess my one concern is that they kind of they kind of work White in more and limit Lewis to more of a rushing uh, role and have White take yep. the running back targets. Um, I do not exactly remember how they. Yeah, I mean earlier in the season he didn't have. He wasn't getting the receptions when Burkhead was out, if I recall. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. So correct me if I'm wrong. White was, on that, do- but-
4: White was doing all right. I mean, earlier in, the, quite earlier in the season, he was, you know, he was sort of a Duke Johnson type of uh, workload level, uh, not getting a lot of rushes, but definitely getting a few targets. And then when Burkhead came back, White sort of fell off in terms of receptions. So, I th- yeah, I think you're right. I think he could definitely pick up some of the slack uh, in terms of the uh, backfield receiving load there and, and kind of get five, six carries. But he's an absolute zero in the running game. So I think he, he's pretty limited there. Uh, you're going to need uh, kind of a reception around the goal line to get a touchdown from him. And that's not something I want to count on. So, um, yeah, I think he's good for, for five or six targets. I think he's going to be – I think you're right. He's going to pick up a bit more of that slack than Deion Lewis in the passing game.
1: Yeah, in the four games that uh, Burkhead missed this year, White averaged a little over seven targets, so yeah. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. I, yeah. I am certainly jamming him into my lineups. Uh, I have... Uh, I started Rex in this semifinal, so if I if I do make it to the championship, uh, really good chance that I'm going to play White, not even just because of the fact that Burkhead is out, also the fact that that matchup is really, really good. I mean, Buffalo is just yeah. giving up a ton of points to running backs in all phases of the game, so I feel like You can get any piece of that action next week. I think you're going to want it. I I really see the Patriots in these like extreme cold weather games in division. I feel like they're going to lean on the running backs probably a ton.
3: All right. Item number four, Antonio Brown left against New England with what was ruled a calf injury. X-rays were negative, but he still went to the hospital. Uh, It's now being reported that he has a partially torn calf. So what is the correct course of action if Brown is forced to to miss week 16? (laughs)
4: I mean that is just brutal Uh, I feel terrible for the guy Uh, just having you know he could have had uh, an all time type of season and uh, looks like that's off the shelf now Uh, I mean I think Juju Smith-Schuster is the best receiver left you know Martavis Bryant certainly looked good tonight Uh, if you follow my writing at all you know I'm not a Martavis Bryant fan whatsoever Um, so I'm certainly not going to recommend him could he have a big game Absolutely. Um, he definitely could. But uh, if you put a gun to my head and, and say pick one guy, I'm definitely going with Juju there. Uh, he's just so dangerous. I think he's a little bit more consistent. I think he's probably going to get the edge in targets there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Juju there. But uh, I think the, I do think the biggest beneficiary here is, is Le'Veon Bell. I think uh, he's really going to be the focus of the attack for Pittsburgh if, if Brown is out. Yeah, so, I mean, for me...
1: Of course, you're starting Juju. Of course, you're starting Bell. Like the, I don't think that's really in doubt. Regardless, I, I think that the really big takeaway here is that you need to probably play Martavis Bryant. I mean, uh, Bryant, tonight, I thought played a pretty good game. Uh, obviously, it was Smith that made the big play at the end that set them up for the, the almost uh, game-winning <laughs> touchdown. Yeah. But, I mean, Bryant was pretty good, too. He made that really nifty one-handed uh, touchdown catch. Uh, he did see six targets, which was tied for the team lead with Juju. Uh, so I think that Bryant is certainly going to be uh, a good play next week. Uh, the Steelers play Houston, who has have really struggled this year with the deep ball. Uh, I think that that particularly uh, plays towards Bryant's skill set. So I, I think that Martavis Bryant, getting him in your lineup is, is a big deal. And uh, if you're into Eli, Eli Rogers, I think that that's probably fine. He did score today. Uh, if you're really desperate, I could I could reason playing him as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Pittsburgh's been able to support a lot of fantasy guys, uh, this season and in seasons past. So I don't, I don't see any reason why both of those wide receivers, uh, can't give you a few points for sure, especially against, as you, as you say, a Houston second, I mean, Houston just gave up, uh, almost 200 yards to, uh, <laughs> sorry, who's the Jacksonville guy? Keelan uh, Cole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Houston just gave up almost 200 yards to Keenan Cole. So, I mean, if Keenan Cole can put up uh, a couple hundred yards, then uh, I don't see any reason why both the Pittsburgh wide receivers uh, can't make an impact next week.
3: I guess I have a little trouble trusting Martavis Bryant just because, I mean, he had this one good game. But, um, you know, apart from, I think he had a good game in week two. But apart from that, he hasn't gone over 50 yards once the whole season. Uh, until today so uh, like I know obviously he's been competing with Juju and uh, Antonio Brown the whole time but it's just um, I guess a little hard for me to really get behind uh, get behind him without actually seeing more from him this season Um, I don't know maybe you know I was expecting a lot coming into the season after he got reinstated so maybe it's just sort of uh, you know just sort of being disappointed in uh, in what he was able to produce, and it's kind of uh, left a bad taste in my mouth or something. But I yeah, don't know. Well, I don't know. Cause from, I was, I was on that? the
4: other side of that coin. Like I, I really did not like Martavis coming into the season at all. I wrote him up as a guy to avoid in several articles. Uh, so and I and I still feel the sort of the same way as you, uh, Blair. And uh, I think that's because he's. I don't think he's that good. <laughs> I know he's fast, but. I don't think he's that good. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, six targets, he gets six, seven targets. Who knows what he's going to do with them, right? I mean, it could be uh, 130 yards and a touchdown. It could be 40 yards and nothing. So, uh, yeah, not a guy I'm going to be placing a lot of trust in. I mean, but he could go off. So it makes it one of those tough things. But I'm sort of with you. I I, I don't really trust a guy. I don't think he's that good. And uh, it's not going to be a guy I'm going to be going to in the finals for sure.
1: We gotta find it. We gotta figure out a way to get Blair off the deck. You gotta start taking more risks, Blair. You gotta. are <laughs> like the Alex Smith of fantasy on this show. You know, oh, you're, always, you're always, trying. You're always saying you don't feel safe.
3: I'll tell you what. I had a I had a lineup today that I almost put in uh, on DraftKings that had Tavares King in it. At the last second, I chickened out. Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: That's
3: well, so learning amazing. experience.
1: There learning you go. experience. <laughs> Here we go. You got to take more risks. Yep. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Special thanks to our guest, Court Smith. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Court Get that 30% discount for subscribing to RotoViz through the RotoViz Radio channel, rotoviz.com slash podcast. And it also helps us if you rate and review the show. You can find us along with the rest of the RotoViz shows under the RotoViz Radio feed. We also have our individual feed for just this show. Search for Fantasy Football Report on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Subscribe and leave us a rating and review. For Blair Andrews, I'm Anthony Amico. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Report, powered by RotoViz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. And be sure to contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio, Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz
3: at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash